recording. Is that as loud as it can go, sir? No, you can go loud. It's crank oh, it. Oh, yeah, crank it. <laughs> oh, oh. That's helpful. No, no. No, no, it's perfect. It's, Yours is all good. It's my bad hearing. Perfect. How's it going then? You're right? Sweet. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, yeah, just taking a slightly easier day today because. Uh, and not that this should go in the thing. Basically, I didn't eat enough on Monday because I was like out all day. So, you know, it's like, oh, it's fine. You know, just a little bit hungry. And then, you know, in the evening, yeah, it's fine. But somehow it like the delayed uh, the delayed response. And then the next day, and I had a double training day as well. So the morning <laughs> session was like intervals and that was okay. And then the chain gang in the evening, oh, it wasn't good. <laughs> no, I blew up big time. That's why I can't be a serious athlete. My eating, I just, I just forget. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's why I said I didn't know that was a thing about delayed fatigue. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, just for your benefit, I'm Sam. So, I'm the one who's talked to you on Instagram. That's Harry in the middle. And Seb, but that's, not, that's not the most important thing in the world, our names. No, yeah. just in case. Yeah. <laughs> um, Whereabouts are you living then? Uh, Southampton or near oh. Southampton. So, oh. yeah, near Eastley. What about you guys? Where are you guys based? So I'm I, I live in Littlehampton, so it's sort of a Worthing Worthing way. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, basically the, the worst the worst side of Brighton <laughs> between <laughs> between Brighton and Bognor Regis. Where we live. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. But you're from where are you from? So, so actually, I'm, I'm from the New Forest. Oh, so, really? Uh, oh, yeah. Nice. So I, so I saw the, the spotlight. I saw Leap. So Leap got a shout out. But yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. Um, I lived in New Milton for sort of seventeen years. Oh, so, cool. So near the, the, the South Forest quite well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's nice, definitely. Yeah. On that then, Bertie Worcester. Have you, have you met yeah. him? It's funny, actually. I met <laughs> him at the end of last year. And um, so I was at this uh, sportive, because with the team, Vetus, we did a few sportives just like for the sponsors and stuff. And uh, I was just like in this tent and he was like, he introduced himself, like, hi, uh, you might know me, I'm Bertie Worcester. <laughs> I was like, oh, and, like, I was literally like starstruck, like, oh my God, it's the dude from the Strava KOM. Yeah, he is Mr. New Forest. Like, yeah, you need to yeah, explain, like, who is this man? <laughs> so, so, so for anyone that doesn't live in the New Forest or around that surrounding area, I'm sure he's ventured out now, isn't he? Um, oh yeah. I, I, I don't know who he is, but his name is Bertie Worcester. And if you search Bertie Worcester, like, believe me, I've got into it. There's nothing online about him. It's like some like, guy from the 1800s is the only person called Bertie Worcester on the internet and it's this bloke who basically his desire was to leave a legacy on Strava and he must have like two three hundred pages of comms <laughs> every com in the new forest he's got and it's like he's so active if you get one of his I read you probably know this he yeah. next day will go and get it back and like, <laughs> the worst bit is he is quick <laughs> like, they're yeah. not like easy yeah, times to get at all that's I amazing think I actually I saw him once and I didn't realise it was him and I was just riding, I was just doing like a zone two ride and you know, like as a cyclist, I'm, I'm, I'm first to put my hands up, I've got a bit of an ego at times. So this guy cycles past me and you know, classic, oh, I'm not having that, you know, click <laughs> and before I know it, I'm like, obviously he's looked back, I'm in like this time trial. <laughs> What's going on? Still zone two, still zone two. Not dodging ponies yeah. and centre. 50 miles yeah, later yeah. and you get him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> but no, but all, I, all I've heard from him is he's a teacher from Ringwood. Yeah, that's, that's, okay. that's, that's all I found out. Like, I, it's, it's obviously not his real name. But he's just a guy that likes riding, so he has no sort of ulterior motives. I mean, he just likes getting records and wants to leave a Strava legacy. <laughs> I like yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> on the Need Forest, then. Obviously, you got Lee. What, what's your um, what's your go-to sort of ride around that area, or 
where where do you ride where do you ride most? Well, uh, probably that. So I don't know if you if it was around uh, or if you were riding uh, when you lived there, but there's this ride called the uh, Tri Ride. I don't know why it's called. Is that. it the is it the Southampton based one? Like it's basically it's like the Southampton chain gang sort of thing, is it? Yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah, exactly. It's Saturday, and it's just a, a nice route around the New Forest, Bimson yeah. Bewley, and uh, yeah, and I pretty much like I don't know why I've just really lost creativity, especially since lockdown. I just do that route, and then the next day I'll do the reverse of that route, and then I might like do that route with the bolt-on leap bit, and then it's just yeah, I've just got no creativity with my routes. That's what you were doing, Harry, wasn't it, in lockdown? Just doing the same yeah. thing over and over again. It's actually a 14-mile loop 40 <laughs> times every month. I suppose, oh, no. I suppose it's all about it's just like you're fighting for a, a bit of routine yeah. in a lack of routine, isn't it? So that's all yeah. you can get from it, then, yeah. It's yeah, good. yeah, exactly. It's, it's the tri ride, then, from what I think of it, is it's just basically a savage Saturday morning ride where everyone knows the route, and if you get dropped, you get dropped. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's like, if you get dropped, see you later. Like, the first time I did it, my only motivation to not get dropped was the fact that if I got dropped, I'm just lost. Exactly, it's pure survival. And I remember absolutely swinging. I was with, it ended up being like a break with me and like two other guys. And I was like, guys, like, how, how far is left? And they're just like classic, oh yeah, we're nearly there, Ed. We're nearly there. Keep pushing. And then they, yeah. And then with like 3K to go, they just ditched me. And just, like, <laughs> like, I figured out where the cafe was. But yeah, it was a grim, grim day. Um, I love those sort of rides. They're, they're the ones I want to get back on. That's the thing I think I've missed most, really. Like, riding alone is great, but riding against people, that's where it's at. Yeah, yeah. it's scary. Yeah, yeah. Not knowing where and you are. So we've probably done poor podcast etiquette in that we've just started talking to Red, but haven't actually introduced... Well, I'm, I'm already... <laughs> <laughs> just talked about Bertie Worcester instead. Yeah, so Red, actually, uh, the special guest we've got for you right now... <laughs> <laughs> Here he is. Yeah. <laughs> The Bertie Worcester podcast is actually Seb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Um, so tell us a bit about yourself. How, how old are you? What teams have you ridden for in the past? Stuff like that, just for the dear listeners. Uh, yeah, so I am, well, I nearly said I was 19 there. I'm 21. Um, I've been cycling for five years in August, I think. Uh, so I started first two three years i was cycling for my local club Setonia, based in southampton yeah uh and then for 2019 i moved up to vitas pro cycling which is a continental level team and then for this year i moved to nopin cymec uh, which is an elite level team uh and i'm now currently riding for black cyclist network for yeah for the foreseeable future so that's a pretty rapid rise from starting cycling to being on vitas pro cycling <laughs> <laughs> that's that yeah many well, people do that <laughs> <laughs> It was, I was surprised at the time. It was like, I remember I had a, a few team offers for the last year that I was with my cycling club. And I thought, you know, I'll stay with the club because like I, I just weighed up, weighed up the pros and cons. And I thought I'll stay with the club. I can sort of race. I don't have to sort of sacrifice any results. Yeah. I was, you know, focus on getting results that would allow me to progress up a level. And then, uh, yeah, it's just a case of, it's like, it's literally like, um, it's like applying for jobs, surprisingly. It's surprisingly similar to applying for jobs. You know, you just send off the CV, like hundreds of emails, and then, you know, if you're lucky, you get a few responses, and then... It, it helps being good, I guess. <laughs> Is that literally what you did then? You just sort of just sent off emails to sort of teams all over the country to sort of be like, have you got a spot? Essentially, like literally, yeah, just trawling through, especially for, um, for the UCI teams, 
it's actually, and this is a bit of a trade secret. I feel like I'm giving no, away no, some no. knowledge here. Hey, that and might get some listeners. Give, give them all, give them all. <laughs> no, it's, it's all right. But um, no, yeah, the UCI website, each team, it just has the listed email address. So I'd just be like trawling through there, find the email address, copy, paste, you know, put the put the CV and the message in and stuff. Like applying for dodgy light, right? Change change the name on the cover letter. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing though. That's the thing. So in my like Word document that I copied and pasted from, because obviously I'm not going to write like a perfectly uh, tailored email each time. I just had like um, I referenced the team. Like I really like to be a part of this team. And instead of putting the team name in the the document, I did like square brackets x x x x x x. So it'd be like obvious to me. <laughs> The, uh, to change it but obviously it wasn't obvious enough a couple of times and there was two or I think there was one where I sent it and I was like no <laughs> so I just had to own it and be like just, I, I'm pretty sure I just followed up with please can I be on your team like, sorry. I'm so sorry <laughs> yeah. Yeah. just like this is a sign of my desperation now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's brilliant so what were so when you first started, you obviously got some good results to be able to get into that sort of stage. What sort of things did you have early on then that got you in that position? What sort of races uh, did you do? Well, so obviously you start off fourth category. So my first year started fourth category. Uh, you know, you get points for each race and I managed to get to second cat in my first season. Uh, and then the second season, 2017, that was like a really, that, oh, that was the year of my A-levels. Uh, so I pretty much, there was like a big break in there to focus on them uh and just sort of there was there was nothing really happening that was it was pretty um yeah flat uh, and then 2018 like i remember being really surprised at my own form like i exceeded my own expectations which was nice so i uh, just sort of results in nat b sort of races and uh the main i think the main thing that probably helped me was track which uh, i hadn't done a lot of before that but i'd managed to get a few fairly decent results uh, it's funny enough, the only track racing I'd done before that was London Six Day, which is like the biggest track race that I'm able to do because I <laughs> entered it. Yeah, I entered it after. <laughs> yeah, I entered it after about eight months of of riding, and my mate put in. This is when I was on my in, with my club, and my mate put in the group chat. Uh, oh, he he found like the entrance form is just on the London Six Day website. Uh, he's like, oh, anyone seen this? Would anyone like fancy it? It was under 21. This was not, not like the pro category. Um, and I was like, oh yeah, but I haven't got a track bike. And it's like, oh, well, guess what? I've got a spare track bike. <laughs> no way. So I was like, oh yeah, can I borrow it? Yeah. So we did like one practice session, uh, which we nearly binned it like three or four times. And then, yeah, we did, we did the race. We lost 21 laps, but we didn't crash. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the definition of in at the deep end. I mean, I love Six it. day, yeah. under 21, yeah. fixed gears. I, I didn't in. even know there was an under 21. That's amazing. That must have been a well good experience doing that. Like. It was it was amazing because like yeah they don't really televise it but it's so cool just to be like oh there's Cav you know <laughs> oh there's all these pro riders like just like just there chilling and it's just, yeah it's it's really cool with the atmosphere and stuff. You went from like one lap in cow shot and then suddenly yeah. you're on Lee Valley. Yeah exactly <laughs> and I still don't yeah. have accreditation to this day. <laughs> but, no one needs to know that. No, no, no. <laughs> it's, it must be one of those things that, like, you get to that like level of racing. Obviously, people think yeah, you don't it's so to. hard to get into. Almost like that's why there's spaces available because no one's expecting to be able yeah. to enter it. I did a third cat race yeah. and Jesse Yates was in it, and I was like, "You're not a third cat," but because he's above all that anyway, he could just come in and do yeah. that in the UK. I was like, "Oh, yeah." It's my first. I, <laughs> I was like, "Well, if you're here, you must be good enough." Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool.
Was it always was it always your plan when you started out to the fourth cat to try and get to elite or to get to second cat in that year or did it kind of just happen? You just found. Uh, I don't know. It's hard. Like sometimes I look back and think, did I actually already know that I wanted to like get to a certain level? But I don't. I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, mm, yeah, I think I, I always knew I wanted to be pro, or I always knew I wanted to go that far. But obviously, it's easy to say that in retrospect. Yeah. I think it was probably more a case of I really, really liked racing. I've always been like competitive in like every area. So you know, once I started, I was hooked, and it's like you know, just the whole progression thing. I think is just an addictive process, like yeah, in any facet of life. So yeah, you know, once I get to you know Cat Three, I'm like, oh, the next one, and they're just yeah, constantly a case of. There's always a next thing, isn't there, to chase after, which is, and if you've got the talent to match it, then you don't hit that ceiling. Whereas I sort of feel like I've had that, and I've got to commit more now, and I'm a bit older, so I'm not sure my wife or my child will appreciate I'm going pro, babe. We can do it. Just start the training plan again. So, how did you get into cycling at the very, very start then? We've gone backwards about all this, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> That's all right. Um, well, so it was, it was kind of weird, actually. I remember, so this was the summer of GCSEs or just before GCSEs. And I was like, I didn't really do like a whole lot. Like I didn't have a proper hobby other than gaming, which is like, that's cool and fun. But, you know, I wanted to, to like you know, commit to something. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, exactly. But no, so uh, it was, I was either cycling or remote control car racing. I don't know why, but those two things, like, I, I liked racing and I like, I've yeah. always, like, been a fan of motor racing and stuff. Uh, so in the end, I, I decided to pick cycling. I think there was just, there's not a whole lot of information about remote control car racing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I picked cycling and, like, I made a deal with my dad. If I get a certain number of A's and A-stars, then I get, he'll get me a bike. So, uh, yeah, so literally, like, a week after I got it, I remember getting it and I did a ride. And just because I'd only ever ridden a hybrid before, so the position's, like, really upright. And I rode it in the first ride and it felt like looking back, this was a really relaxed geometry road bike. But at the time it felt super aggressive and low. Yeah. And I was thinking, I don't know if this is for me. Like, <laughs> I feel like my back's all hurting. and I'm like, How I can know, I sustain I this? this. <laughs> yeah. But then a week later, I did my first under 16 race uh, and I got absolutely <laughs> oh demolished. Because uh, the problem is they have different gear restrictions and you're meant to just like put in the derailleur limit screw at the back. But my screw wasn't long enough, so they're like, oh, we'll just limit your front mech to the little ring. Like, DI2's broken. Yeah, yeah literally, <laughs> literally. So I was just complete novice, like spinning at like 120 RPM everywhere. I'm and the just like race circuit you've ever been to. Yeah, literally, just car park crit. And uh, yeah, I lost like, yeah, I got lapped probably three or four times. And I'll still hear the echoes in my head of keep left. <laughs> it's like really cocky under 16s on like five Bertie grand Wooster. bikes. Yeah. <laughs> With a little school cap on or something. <laughs> I'll have this KOM. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That's cool that you just took to it so so quickly as well. How obviously you just entered a race, but how did you find out about the race? Were you sort of looking at clubs or... How, how yeah, did you so I, enter a race so quickly after getting a bike? <laughs> well, I'd already been talking to my local cycling club. I remember sort of asking them, like, there was a funny, I did actually email a few race organisers, but I didn't know where to go first. And I remember I emailed, like, a fourth cat race. And this, obviously, I was senior, while I was, like, never having ridden a road bike before as an under-16. I was like, I reckon I could do this race. <laughs> uh, and the email, the, the organiser was like, hmm, I think you should probably uh, look to find a local club and then maybe try some <laughs> under-16 races. 
sound advice that was. Yeah. <laughs> <Sound> <laughs> advice. It comes across already, though. Like I think you've got so far, mainly because you just commit and 100%, you just yeah. email people and you're very proactive in everything you do, which I yeah, think is a yeah. real lesson for lots of people. They want to be pro or do well, but actually you've got to send loads of emails that no one's going to reply to and it's almost embarrassing to send them. But you just got to be constantly working and yeah, crafting. Honestly, yeah, exactly. Like I've got spreadsheets just with like email addresses and email addresses, and it's just yeah, just go through it and yeah, exactly. So uh, you're almost cool. like you're treating like a business. Yeah, totally. Exactly, a completely yeah. non-profit business. Yeah. <laughs> well, non-profit, <laughs> yeah, yeah. For now, for now. It's an Instagram business is fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It reminds you of it's um. It's a slightly different podcast, but the Wind Masters, if you've heard of him at all, the mountain biker. Oh, um, no. Basically, he's got a little podcast where he's talking to a lot of um, sort of the Aussie and New Zealand privateers about their journeys to Europe. And a lot of that same thing is literally just like, oh, I like riding bikes. You have to race in Europe. So they literally fly across to Europe with no money. And they're just sort of yeah. traveling around Europe, just giving everything they go, just entering stuff, like not way out of their like, uh, sort of level they should be at, but it's like, Anything they can yeah, get. Anything they can get their hands on, they're just racing and riding <laughs> yeah. whatever they can. Yeah. And that, that love of racing has to be there because if it's not, then they'll give up because it's not that fun. No, <laughs> for, for a long yeah. period of time, is it? <laughs> yeah. So after your after your, your, your first week race, wound up that. Um, well, first I was like, right, it's time to reassess my uh, goals here. <laughs> a bigger change. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's true, yeah. If, if, if um, if you turn like a 62 from the 52, <laughs> well, I guess we're, guess we're chucking you in the little ring. Look at that, arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that would be that was smart. Just take off the little ring. What are they going to do? One bite. Early adopter and one bite. <laughs> exactly. Back in 2015. <laughs> but no, uh, after that, uh, I think I just reverted to club runs for a good like six months over winter. In fact, I, I think I stopped riding for like three or four weeks because I had a job at Halfords and it was like, all of my spare hours that I wasn't at college, I was at Halfords. I was like, mm, I do quite like cycling, so I'm going to quit Halfords for a bit. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, and I sort of started cycling uh, the next like sort of January, February sort of thing. Oh, and then I think I think I did a race. I tried to do a race twice. My first, so my two, and I, I don't count that first under 16 race as my first race, by the way. That's like, that's like the inside scoop. I was going to say, that's a bit like having a sort of a really banger as your first car, then when you eventually save up to get a nice one, you're like, oh, that's my first car. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But yeah, my first race, or the first race I, the next year that I tried to enter got cancelled because of like massive wind, and the next one got cancelled because of like massive wind and rain. I was like, ah, oh, it's destined against me. But no, and then eventually I managed to do some, and that was when I sort of started racing properly because I was a junior that year. So the juniors race for the most part with the seniors, so fourth cats and yeah. third cats, and then obviously all the way up. Okay, cool. So was your so was Setonia the club that you got into straight away? Was that who you've been with the whole time? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. Just, yeah. So they seem like a really sort of because I've seen them at any race I've been to like across you know East Grinstead Surrey Way as well like they seem quite a big quite an oh, inclusive really? club cool. yeah like they yeah. seem to do a lot of lot of juniors and are like quite a serious club there's some clubs that you think they don't really do much but like Crawley Wheelers are a club like that I think that are very much everywhere and pushing yeah, yeah. juniors and ladies and vets teams and all sorts of stuff so Tony seem like that I think where I see it the most obviously in Cross that's where did the Wessex rounds quite a lot. So you yeah. see Setonia plastered all over that. And what I quite like is, again, they're not maybe the most elitist team in terms of there's enough mid-pat chumps with me <laughs> in Setonia jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> so I've raised plenty of them. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, I think I was actually the only junior racing with them at the time. Or I think, okay. yeah, I don't think they have many juniors. But they had, it was just nice. It was just a case of, you know, there's a good group of guys who are on the club runs and that Saturday trial ride chain gang. Uh, and there's a good group of six or seven of us and we're all racing. And yeah, we usually end up at the same races and we race together. So that was cool on the, the crits. And I find like that, like above anything else, like having people who are better than you and just training them like on Saturday, Sundays yeah. is just like the fastest way to to improve. Because it just, especially when you've got that competitive mindset, because it's just like, it starts off with frustration. Like, why do these guys keep beating me? And then it's like, eventually you just get, you get closer and closer. Yeah, you just edge closer and closer. I suppose it's almost like with the unofficial try ride as well, it's sort of like, there's no sort of rules. It's like, oh, we've dropped him. We've got to go back to him. It's like, no, you've got to learn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so at Acetonia then, did you get much sort of guidance in terms of how to progress and stuff? There's all the old guys sort of teaching you the ways or sort of showing you how to get onto teams and sort of progress your career? Uh, probably not from that respect, no. It's more like, uh, you know, I got, you know, we go on the club runs, you know, everyone's going to be giving you advice, just general sort of cycling advice, how to sort of ride on the wheels, you know, how to pull through turns in a chain gang and stuff. And then I guess it was more sort of learn from experience with the racing and stuff. And then with the whole, you know, emailing and getting on teams, that was more a case of, you know, I was like just trying to think like, how am I going to get on? How am I going to find these teams, you know, doing the research? I remember like, I was like figuring out like how the hell do I even contact these people? I started like finding out the face, like finding out the the manager's names and just looking them up on Facebook and sending friend requests, which <laughs> always ended up unanswered. It's not the way to go about it. And then uh, the day I found out that the UCI, I was like on the UCI website. I can't remember for what reason. And I was just scrolling. I was like, oh my god, they've got the email addresses of all these teams. So <laughs> it's too yeah. easy. <laughs> yeah, it's too easy. Exactly. Just, like, Quick step, thing. here I come. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Patrick didn't get back. What was like the, the ballsiest email you sent then? Can you remember like any like teams who were literally like, there is no chance I'd get an idea of this? You're like Sky Arbor. All of the teams I send them to, well, I was like, <laughs> I mean, I'd like this, but I don't know. Especially because like, you know, as like I would think when I was a first year junior when I was applying, when I started sending these teams, and realistically, like not many teams even take on like the quote unquote development riders because they're not going to be at a stage where they're going to be winning national A races, and especially because I'd started a lot later than almost everyone my age so there are these people who've come out of juniors you know doing like tour of wales tour tour of um i don't know all these big junior races and you know yeah. they've got results there whereas the year before i'd done a couple of those but i'd only been racing for a year at that point so i didn't have you know i didn't have the legs to compete at that level but you know luckily i'd done it got enough results to where i had some credibility and did you gain most of your points through local races i know some of your youtube channel is a lot of Thruxton and those kind of races. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Thruxton, I definitely did grind out of Thruxton quite a bit. I think the most profitable thing, like, it's so profitable, the uh, track racing for points, this is why I think they, they might have changed some rules now to where some races can't give you points. But this is why a couple of years ago, there were so many elite category cyclists who just did track. Because you go to a track, mate, there'll be four or five races and all of them will be uh, band five, which is ten points for the win. Uh, I think down to like sixth place or something. It's kind of weird, but you know, if you get like top three, you know, the amount of times I've gone to a day like that and just come away with forty points. <laughs> oh, so, so you can get this more than one race in a day? 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, amazing. Like, <laughs> you literally go on categories in a week. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did, uh, I think I got 10 points for like a three-lap race once. And it's just like, <laughs> it's, so, it's so good. Most it, lucrative uh, thing. So you do like a, I've been doing like 80, 90-mile road races and you come 10th and you get two points. And you're saying, well, I could have just gone to one day and got less than a bit of work. Literally, literally. It's points <laughs> I'm feeling inspired. I'm ready to go back. I want to take it to first cat, guys. <laughs> should, we, should, we, should we camp out a cow shot? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, get on the UCI website and let's go. Yeah. Can you imagine if it's like, you remember the Revolution series and they had like the longest lap race? Yeah, like oh, yeah, yeah. Did you see that one with like they tra- they trans- <laughs> Oh, yeah, and, and then they suddenly the say go. Goes, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm really good at track standing as well, so I reckon yeah. that could be my calling. Enter the mountain bike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So Harry mentioned your YouTube channel. Tell us a bit about that because it comes across to me that you're like one of these more modern era cyclists where you're creating this brand around yourself that teams are going to want to take on. Because we were talking about the other day about how sponsorship now with teams getting exposure through winning is now such an old style thing compared to how they can do it, especially with how lockdown's been. And EF were doing it with their race series, the alternative calendar and stuff like that. And there's, you know, um, athletes like Justin Williams and Peyton McKelvin, and they're doing it more and more where, like, you come as a, as a package almost with sponsors and bringing so much more than just racing. And that's sort of what I think your YouTube, it comes across as anyway. Yeah, I mean, it makes, it makes like, a massive difference. Um, I think I, I definitely need to sort of, like, upload more regularly. I think that's, uh, that's just, like, a small thing for me that would help grow it. But I've, I've heard from quite a few people that are, like, you know a good video or a good or say you know a good video from the race you went to is like worth 10 times more than if you won the race like yeah it's just it the race the race win like is a secondary i've heard from quite a few people it's like a secondary um objective compared to getting some good media and all that jazz because like yeah at the end of the day a cycling team is just a sponsorship outlet or like i think that's what um that's what justin williams described it as he's like yeah it, it's it's a marketing outlet for brands to you know get their brand out and yeah, yeah like you say the platform of youtube and all that is going to be way more um way more exposure than at a race or or winning a race well when did, when did you start then was that as you were applying for team you sort of you realized you needed sort of that usp to, to put with your little cv well, uh, no, I started I started YouTube way back in the day, like oh. 2013, like making gaming videos, which were absolutely terrible. And I look back sometimes, <laughs> take, like, take, take them down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, you don't want someone discovering you through them and being like, just no, no more. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. they're all they're all unlisted now. But um, yeah, so pretty much as soon as I started cycling, or not long after, I just was like, well, I like making videos, so I'll, and I make videos about what I like, so making uh, cycling videos. And yeah, it started with just, you know, um, you know, my mum or dad, if they took me to the race, they'd record the video and it like, just see, see how it went and see what, you know, gets recorded videos. And then I thought, oh, I'll put all these videos together. And that's how I made that from nothing to a cat two video. Yeah. It was just pretty much just a compilation of, of all the race finishes and things like that. I think I was in one of those little videos. Did you do the Guildford town centre crit? Oh yeah. I think yeah. I, I paused it and I was like, I swear that's me. That's me. Like, that's really that's I was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get any points that day. <laughs> 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 Where did you come on that road? 
Neither, well, funny, that was, that was, oh, I was pretty mad actually at that race. So this is my <laughs> second town centre crit. And the bloke who was in charge or whatever, he's like, okay, Red, we're going to put you in the pro group because you came third at winch crit last week. And I'm like, hang on a second. This is like all the, like literally all the pros are all Canyon. Yeah, um, it was mad. And like, yeah, all these super experienced guys. And then they put me in there. I was like, okay, that's not really fair. I appreciate the compliment. But... <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And we started like a lap down. So uh, yeah, I ended up getting spat. But what really wound me up was that there was two Canyon guys, like these pros in the main group who just went under the radar. And Aww. I was like, what's going on here? I've been swindled. I mean, they, they, they paid to get on Canyon, that's why. You're there, you're, you're there on merit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I got absolutely. I think I'd I'd still say actually to this day that was possibly one of the hardest races I've ever done, or as deep as I've ever gone. Well, just to hang on. Yeah. Well, also the further back you are in a group like that, when you're eighth wheel, it's pro- or last wheel, it's the hardest possible position because of the whole Constantino effect. Yeah. yeah. You come out of that corner onto the cobbles, and it's so and it's short. Just like, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. And they've got a corner with mattresses on, so you can like crash into them. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's. Made, I think even me doing it, I did something stupid like a hundred times over five hundred watts in like a twenty-minute race. Like, because it's so short, you're literally just sprinting and then braking and then sprinting and braking the That's whole cool. time. Like you might as well. And you track. can't. It, it was just a time trial. You couldn't ride in a group because you had to go around the corner. Like, so it was just yeah. mad. It was well fun. I felt. Yeah, you felt a bit special. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was nuts. I, I couldn't clip in at the start, and I just went backwards. I was like, well, I'll just ride around for 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, SPDs, genuinely, SPDs for that instead of SLs would be a good shout. Ah, yeah, cross, yeah, cross style. I'd be faster on my cross bike over the cobbles. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Um, so tell us about some, some of the sponsors you picked up then, from, from whether it's your videos or stuff like that, because I know you've got a few new ones that have recently come on board. Uh, yeah, so there's been a, a various few little sponsors over, you know, over the years of like, you know, again, emailing these brands with this email that I copied and pasted. Yeah. But no, no, currently uh, I'm supported by SIS Science and Sport, who are helping out with the nutrition, which is really awesome because that's like literally what I was using when I started cycling, just so uh, it's nice to have what I would choose. Um, oh, yeah, sorry. I was just, just trying to think what other sponsors uh-huh. are. So, uh, also, uh, I'm supported by my local bike fit studio, Vancrew, uh, Vancrew Cycles. They're oh, really they good. make some lovely bikes, don't they? Or is that Varu? Yeah, Ooh. I think, yeah, they, they just do, they do bike fits. They fit some lovely bikes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's similar. That's their USP. Sorry, Red, carry on. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, but they really helped me out with a knee injury uh, a few couple of years back, I think. So uh, that was really good. And they continued to help me with my uh, bike fit. So. You're having you, a problem with your knees, check them out. Do you go back for sort of regular fits then? Is it sort of like one one fit per season or is it sort of like, oh, I can feel this could be done a little bit better. Can we look at this sort of thing? How, how, sort of, how do you go ahead with the fit with them? So, yeah, normally I've been get, when I So they've been helping me out with the fit every time I get a new bike or the last two times I've had a new bike. So when I was on Vetus, got on the Vetus, you know, they helped me sort it out. Uh, and then the same when I got on my team bike for this year, the Venge. And they just, you know, make sure everything's dialed. Um, yeah, so that's that's really good. Uh, and it's mainly it's just little like little changes. I'm pretty good at you know getting a good baseline. So it'll just be just and make sure like I've got good alignment as well. Because there was one point where my hips were like slightly twisted on the bike, 
and that was i think i can't remember what we decided the reason was for that i think it might have been from a crash which can sometimes throw you out of a line uh, i don't really know the science behind that but uh yeah so it, it ended up being this really dodgy look of taping a co2 canister to the saddle like so you're not sitting on the co2 canister but you can sort of it's just behind. It's kind of awkward and it looks really bad. It sounds but, awful. Yeah. It yeah. sounds like a power-up yeah. waiting to happen. Push you to one side and then... Well, you, you put it in the middle, like, in the, like towards the back of the saddle. So you're not like on it, you just sort of, you can feel it if you're not sitting. So it helps straight. align yourself. Gotcha, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not a good look. I got so much crap for that from all my mates, but uh, yeah, it's it sticks it now. So. We're not to see the pump. <laughs> uh, sorry, and then my last sponsor currently is uh, sorry, uh, Hackett Massage Therapy, and he's uh, local to me. That's he a does good one. GB's, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, definitely. He does GB's um, physio and all that sort of stuff. So uh, yeah, he knows his stuff, and again, what's, he's helped me with it. What's a GB? Sorry, he, uh, Team GB. Oh, Team GB, right, sorry. That's right. I thought it was some weird massage term, I was all... Yeah, he uses CO2 cannons. Yeah, those... <laughs> 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 <That's amazing. laughs> oh, cool. What about um, Aftershocks? I saw on your Instagram that you use those when you ride. Yeah, sorry, I forgot about them. <laughs> um, yeah, no, they, yeah, they've, they've helped me out with a pair of their... Um, Aerofix, and they're honestly they're so they're these bone conduction headphones, uh, the wireless, and um, like they let you hear traffic and stuff while yeah. listening to music. And yeah, I think they're just brilliant. Uh, chuck them on pretty much literally every single ride. Yeah, I've got some. And, they're uh, so good. You can yeah. hear everything. Yeah, but it, you just hear it just goes through your face. <laughs> you just hear the music through your face. <laughs> <Yes>. Your face is <laughs> speaking. Yeah. Right. It just doesn't. To my, in my mind, I just can't comprehend it. No, <laughs> but it just it just instantly feels absolutely fine. But you can. It's just like speakers. Hear, yeah, you can just hear everyone. I mean, that makes time. perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs> it's like speakers, but no one else can hear it. Yeah, and exactly. Actually, no one else can hear anything through them. So if it's really like... quiet and you have them on loud, then people can hear, yeah. But yeah. when you're riding, it's, it's great. You, if you open your mouth, it's like the bass bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you clench your jaw, it changes the sound slightly. Yeah, yeah, because you just, yeah. Yeah, just moves them slightly. Yeah. But they last, the batteries, well, couldn't they? My, that New Year's Eve ride I did, that nine-hour one, they lasted like the whole time on wow. it. Which is really good. So, um, yeah, how you doing, Turbo? Nice. Yeah. I know you mentioned earlier about sort of sometimes saying uh, sort of a good bit of content or a good video is better than a race result. Do you reckon you'll ever get to the stage where you're committing more to a video than you are to a race in terms of like you might like this will make like, a good story. You might, make, <laughs> you might make a move, yeah, for like a good, a good like not just a post on that, but a, a good move that will look good rather than sort of actually more beneficial to the race. Well, um, oh, I, don't, to be honest, I, I don't think <laughs> I don't think I would like I would make the conscious decision to like prioritize a video over a race. So I think like I my main focus is like competitiveness. Like that's like what drives me and everything. But saying that, and this is the most that this will haunt me forever. So in national crit champs, and I don't even know there was a video there, so I don't even know why. So national <laughs> crit champs, it was like twenty minutes in. This was like the most savage race like the first corner is on this road and then it turns left onto this like little walking path up this like ridiculously steep hill oh yeah i watched that video the other day the one where the guy was sprinting and he, his foot came out is that that, oh, that yeah that one which was that's heartbreaking to watch by the way <laughs> yeah but, uh, it totally anyway, is. 
I was in the front group and I was so happy that I made it into the front group because it was absolutely savage and you know it's national champs so that's like a big deal even getting yeah. in the top 20 um, and I think there must have been 15 of us maybe and uh, I was on the back of this group like absolutely swinging like just head down tunnel vision and I saw that someone kicked a football into the, uh, into the road <laughs> oh, wow. so I thought I know I'll be real slick and I'll unclip my foot, <laughs> kick the football out of the way, yes. clip back in, yes. and carry on riding. It's such a cool thing. Well, here's what actually happened. <laughs> I unclipped my foot to kick the football, missed the ball with my foot, oh, uh, no. went to clip back in, couldn't clip back in, missed the pedal a few times. And then by the time I did clip back in, I was like 10 metres off the back. So, <laughs> yeah. Worth it, though. Worth it. <laughs> yeah. It would have been sick. It would have been so sick. Oh, you should have gone for a skid, I reckon. <laughs> like when oh, Van der Poel flicks yeah. his front wheel. No, and, like, no, no, like, stuff. Like polo. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like football, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Next race you do, mate, what we'll do, we'll come along and we'll have to be loaded with loads of balls and we'll just roll them into the yeah. end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, give me loads of chances. It would be like that Liverpool game where the beach ball oh, comes yeah. on. <laughs> you crash into it. The balls get bigger every lap. Yeah. You <laughs> Medicine ball. <laughs> Golf ball to start with. Ping pong. Ping pong balls. Oh, wow. Oh, fair. Fair oh, one. Yeah. I was going to ask you quickly, mate, about that um, video you did when you went training in Calpe, I think, was it this year? Pre-season. And then you yeah, just, yeah, on, yeah. on a whim went and did that what looked like ridiculous race I mean you put the power overlay on and I was crying watching it um <laughs> was that so was that completely last minute and then you just thought screw it, I'm just gonna go for this and just do it because that was a really that was one of my favorite videos you've done so I think just because you had all those angles and then you had the the tv with the motorbike that was so cool yeah and then you go like you're saying about that um <laughs> you went for that breakaway at the very start solo breakaway with, I don't know how many miles are left but mental yeah no thank you yes it's like that was definitely probably still is my favorite race that i've done um so the way i found out about it about two weeks before i was riding around and my uh i think my front mech had broken or i'd run out of battery or something so i was riding around the little ring and i was really pissed off as you would be like your training days ruined like ah oh, and i i literally i'd ridden away from my mates because like i'm in a bad mood i don't want to like ruin the vibes here so i just like piss off and just ride on my own for a bit and then go back home or back to the uh, where I was staying. And uh, I saw like all these motorbikes come by, like, you know, move out the way, move out the way. So I stopped for a bit and I was like, oh my God, it's a bike race. So uh, the breakaway goes past and then I see like the main group. And this is like January. So it's been what, three months since racing and I really, really want to race. I'm like, okay, I'll turn around and join in. <laughs> so I turn around and join in this race and I was like, I have no idea where we're going, but this is <laughs> going to be fun. And, uh, yeah. yeah. I hope it laps. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm in the small ring. It's like the good old days. <laughs> yeah, literally, yeah, literally. literally. <laughs> so uh, we go to this hill and I thought, oh, you know what? Let's put in an attack here, boys. And uh, yeah, I did an attack in this race while I had no number on. And people were like shouting at me. And... Uh, <laughs> I ended up getting brought back and there's like a picture of me rolling across the line because obviously they had the videos of me just riding and looking so confused and so lost <laughs> like where <laughs> am I uh, but anyway yeah long story short I figured out what race it was and uh, I thought yeah I'll enter this one so the next week um, it was actually my birthday that Sunday so I was like oh how cool would it be if I went to this race and I won on my birthday um and i thought it was like a different i thought it was 10 and it was nine so i started riding there and i saw the bikes coming i was like damn i've, I've missed it here 
So uh, that was pretty annoying. <laughs> I entered the, the next week. This time I was like, okay, I'll find out exactly what time it is. And I get there. And obviously everyone speaks Spanish because it's Spain. Um, and I'm trying to sign on because it's the start of the season. I don't have my license yet because they only post them out and, you know, is at home. Um, so I tried to show them. I, no, I tried to, what did I do? I think I just tried to explain that I'd already entered online, so it'd be fine. And they're like, no, you need your license. And then some other dude who was also from England showed his online license. Uh, and I was like, oh, I can just do that. Uh, entered the race. And uh, yeah, it was like such a cool race just to have the motorbikes there and stuff. And uh, yeah, I set a nice power PB on the uh, final climb. So that was, that was pretty cool. Did you find that Spanish racing was different, like a completely different style to English? Oh, yeah. It's so much better. Like, I hate to say it, but and maybe it could just be on a race-by-race -race basis. But, like, in England, you get a lot of negative racing where, you know, people will, instead of attacking, they'll just bring back a break for no reason. That's essentially, like, simply what negative racing is. Over there, you know, everyone's attacking. They have more of the team dynamics. So even though it's not, you know, the top-level racing in the country, there are still all these teams. And, you know, everyone's, everyone in the team knows what job they want to do. So there is actually lead out train instead of complete chaos. And you know how you have these guys sitting on the front saying a tempo to the final climb. And it just feels more like what you see on TV, which is yeah, it's really actually cool. organized. Mm. That sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. And that's much better practice for people going through the ranks because otherwise you don't actually experience that until you're at the point where it's really, really important. It's Whereas if you're late, practicing it? it all through you know, third cat, fourth cat, whereas it's just carnage. It's a different sport entirely, isn't it, in the UK? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I say that. That was, I think, my, my favorite video of yours. It was awesome. Thank watch. you. Thank like you. I said, those, uh, it made me laugh when you said, I'm, I'm definitely getting a draft here from the motor, the camera motorbike. Definitely <laughs> getting a draft. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, no, I was just going to say the best thing about that race is literally like, I don't get, I don't get overconfident much, but that was one of the few races where I, I said to my mates, like, right, guys, I'm going to win this race. But I was <laughs> like, I don't care. I'm going to fucking, I'm going to win it. So, uh, it was nice I actually pulled it off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, having a sad second place, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, <laughs> just, absolutely. Just don't show up to the podium. Yeah. Just go straight home. Yeah, literally, literally. <laughs> so um, let's go on to the future and what, what's happening at the moment. So you signed for Black Cyclist Network, and they've obviously been getting loads of really good coverage recently. So tell us a bit more about that and like, what, what's your plans for you know, your own personal brand and you know, riding with them and stuff like that. You mentioned Avenger earlier. I'm interested in that. So, uh, yeah, so yeah, I joined them. Uh, I think that I think the whole collaboration thing is going to be really good just for publicity, especially for the sponsor. Um, and we'll see. I don't know exactly what's going on, but hopefully, you know, some more cool stuff happens. Uh, no, my, my Avenger is actually my, my last team's team bike. So that's oh, okay. Uh, but no, luckily I have, I've still got a bike, which is, uh, which is nice. Your, bike, um, your current bike is sick. Yeah, Seb, Seb love loves your bikes. I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I got it. Yeah. Please don't get a better one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I can. I don't no. think I can. Um, as for racing, like I, I have no idea what um, what the plans are. Really, like, because obviously I have no idea when racing is really going to start. They say British Cycling have said August, but I've spoken to some race organisers and there's not actually any clarification so uh at the moment i'm just you know weighing and seeing what happens uh, i'd really really like to do some more track this winter because obviously i haven't been racing at all i feel like i can push my season further whereas in years before i get to october and i'm absolutely like wrecked from racing up to five times a week um but yeah so hopefully i'd like to do some six days hopefully i really want to try doing a pro six day 
or an elite level since you know with the the big guys this year, which would be really cool. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Um, yeah, but I'll see, I'll see what see what happens and see oh, what opportunities come up. I'll definitely come and watch that because it's it's one of the best nights I've ever had. Is getting London six. Day. We do a live podcast. It's so good, you couldn't do a live <laughs> throwing footballs at you while you're going around six <laughs> <It's> day. Like, <laughs> on, on your under twenty one one, do you a Derny race? Uh, no, I've done uh, a Derny race, but not not there. How mad is a Derny race? What's it like when you actually when it's you're in it? Pr- it's literally like pure tunnel vision. You just have to look at the, the derny wheel because you're getting as close as you possibly can. You just have to look at them and trust that they're not going to like wobble around too much. Um, and basically you have two commands. I think it's uh, Ale and Ho for fast and slow. And uh, essentially so you sort of pre-plan your strategy with the guy before. So you'll be like, oh, um, you know, I just want to go to the front and try and hold the pace and hold everyone off or I want to sit back and then gun it for the last three laps or something so you sort of pre pre-plan that but uh yeah no they are, they are really exciting i've only done i think a couple of them so uh yeah i definitely need to get a bit better at them but they are they are really cool and you'd like can you also you at the end of the six day one you can smell the fumes in the velodrome it's like do you get that in, can you feel that in your face as sort of like you're breathing into the exhaust pipe <laughs> I think, yeah, you can. You sort of taste it a little bit. And it's like, hmm, is this good for me? That, I don't know. Is this blood or two stroke? <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I'm in taking as much oxygen as possible, so yeah. that's good. <laughs> so I was wondering, have you got some top... You've obviously won races at, like, all levels. So have you got some top tips or maybe some insights into how it's different to win? from fourth cap to elite and stuff like that? Or is it pretty much the same, same ideas? Uh, I think, I remember talking about this the other day. I think the main difference between at least third cap and elite level racing is that it's just harder for longer. It's not necessarily like the faster bits aren't necessarily that much faster. Like, yeah, they probably are going to be a bit faster, but it's more about there's like more strength and depth in the field, I guess. So yeah, there'll be just, It'll just the attacks will just keep on going and going and going. And this is from a crit standpoint. It's slightly different with road races. Um, with fourth cats, I didn't I didn't do that many races, but um, I think well with fourth cats it's so varied the field because you know you get some ringers from mountain bikes or something who absolutely like wipe the floor, and <laughs> then sometimes it's just local club riders. So it's it's yeah it's a bit of a mixed bag. Um, yeah, so it's hard to say like the main differences. I think the best the best tip is bunch positioning. That's a skill that in my opinion like is that should be top priority because a lot of crits will end up coming to a bunch sprint. And what a lot of people will say is, Oh, I don't have the kick, I have a sprint, so they just give up with the last lap and just resign to getting fiftieth or whatever. But honestly, you don't actually need to have a really good sprint to win. Uh, at third cap or even sometimes e12 level you just have to plan your position in far enough in advance that by the time you get to the finish you're in a good place to just ride and if you're in if you come say for example you get to 200 meters to go and you're third you're probably not going to get anything worse than fifth and yeah. you're probably going to get better than that so yeah bunch positioning and just sort of you know weaving through the bunch is like a, a underrated skill i think to have and that's what I, on that um, a recent Justin Williams podcast I was listening to, he was saying that, you know, everyone sees his max power numbers. And he's like, but they literally, they, that's not what wins me races. His, you know, ability from the track and his, 
ways he finds flow and rides wheels and stuff. He's like, I don't ever need to use my max power to win a race. I'm barely going over a thousand watts sometimes and I still beat people who are doing much bigger powers because it's that, it's that um, tactics really that, that wins it, which is interesting. Yeah. Would you, would you say that fun tradition sort of you, you craft that on the track as such and then it's like, it's translated more to crits? Yeah. Uh, I, not necessarily, at least in my case, just because I didn't do track until probably a year after I started doing crits. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I don't know, I think it's a case of you just need to, I guess, challenge yourself in terms of, you know, start at the back, try and get to the front and just cha- like challenge yourself to be as efficient as possible. You know, really try and pedal as, as easy as possible while still moving forward. I remember when I first, my first ever road race, I was just like sliding up the gutter. And this is something I don't recommend, by the way, because, you know, when people are like near the gutter and you try and slide up their inside, you're like balancing a fine line between falling into the verge or crashing into them <laughs> and making them knock out the whole peloton. But I think that's sort of, you know, just like practicing going through smaller gaps. Um, yeah, definitely makes a difference. Cool. Um, final question, I think, really. We've been doing, you know, we've got a good amount of time, I think, and got some good insight. Um, have you got any, you've obviously crafted this, and you're still really young. I think you're even younger than Harry, and he's the youngest person I've ever met. And that's even more depressing. <laughs> <laughs> we started grinding at the same time, I think, right? And now you're... Oh, uh, you're rich shit. Yeah, basically. <laughs> this is... Uh, I mean, Harry, you've just, just got yourself to blame there. Yeah, this is entirely... <laughs> I'm just going to do loads of track racing. I know, you're just going to get a YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> Never again. But uh, have you got, in the same sort of vein, have you got, like, some top tips for people, you know, hopefully there's quite a few juniors that will maybe pick this up where we post it and things like that. And I think a lot of people are going to start looking up to you very soon, the more exposure you get, because you're a young guy who's done it, done it yourself. You've joined this really sort of, you know, new team that's very exciting. So have you got things to say to them that maybe, hopefully you've sort of, we've covered a lot of things that they can pick up on. Go on the UCA website, buy a bigger front chain ring. <laughs> <laughs> but have you got some stuff maybe that might help them if they're listening? Well, first of all, like don't, worry if because a lot of people or at least the problem i had i thought i was too old because I, I started at 17 16 or 17 i think it was and i was like oh no all these people started when they're 12 or like since they came out the womb yeah and i'm like <laughs> is it too late but it's, it's not it's just like i think the main thing is just to enjoy it and you'll, you'll hear that from a lot of people um because it's true the main thing is just to enjoy it and if you don't enjoy it don't like don't worry about it um but that you look at someone like alex richardson i don't think he started cycling until he was 25 and I was riding for the same thing as Matthew Vanderbilt. So it just goes to show that, um, you know, if you commit to it and you, you know, you're determined, then you can probably do it. Well, I guess it, it does come down to genet- genetics I've heard. So, you know, I might get to like next year. I'm like, Oh, that's as far as I'll go. Next time. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So yeah, enjoy it. Um, I think definitely like, which comes down to enjoying it, but just ride with your mates. Um, you know, a lot of people will like start interval training when they're still in under 16. I'd say, nah, just go out and smash it with people who are stronger than you because you get the same workout, if not better. Uh, but it doesn't feel like it was hard because you just, you were just focusing on like, you know, uh, trying to actually win. So just, uh, just things like that. And I think, yeah, definitely getting a good social media presence definitely helps with getting on teams. Um, just, it doesn't have to be YouTube. You know, some people don't have the, um, skills to make or the means to make videos but even something you know getting that big following on instagram also makes a massive difference i think from what i've heard so yeah yeah it's about being interesting really and offering a story and like you said it doesn't matter if you win or not but if you have that story because when i'm watching a youtube video 
if you if the person I'm watching, you know, whether it's you know Lawrence Cor- um, Carpenter or someone like that, I don't care if they win. I'm watching because it's an interesting person that I want to find out about. So I think that adds that takes away some pressure, doesn't it? Like you can do both, and you don't have to be the best to offer something. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Any anything? Any other burning questions? I've got one last little request actually from Red. <laughs> so. It's, it's a new forest related quest request. <laughs> but, out, so down down south New Forest, have you heard of uh, Wooden Bridge? Uh no. So oh, it, it's, quick, quick it's, it's near uh Burley and Brockenhurst, down that way. So this Wooden Bridge is basically me and my when me and my brother were growing up, it was our like Everest, it was our massive climb. <laughs> and it was always our goal to get the comm on it. And currently we're both joint comm which annoys me because he got it first, it's technically his. Yeah. So I want you to do is absolutely wipe the floor with that time up here. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Before Bertie gets it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's called Wooden Bridge. It's about 1 minute 20. Is, is the oh, climb. okay. And you've got, a, you've, got, you've got an amazing hill going into it. It's like a 20 mile average climb. It's, 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 it's not very hard, but it's amazing. Because you've been talking on your YouTube channel about um, trying to get a new Max one minute power, haven't you? So that, that suits the, it perfect. This yeah. is the climb to do it on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, here's no. the thing, though. If it's one minute ten, I'll do one minute and then, like, so, die yeah. and yeah. Yeah. Coast, miles an hour. Coast over yeah. the edge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, thankfully, if plateaus at the top, so you can roll the last bit. So, <laughs> oh, perfect, perfect. Yeah, I'll yeah, do yeah. that then. I'll give it a try. <laughs> I've had a new KOM for a while. My mate, uh, who's like, he's like the the local version, our uh, slightly more local version of Bertie Worcester, um, called Ed, and he was he was my Bertie Worcester when I started like, <laughs> he had all the comps, like Everyone, my little. Everyone's got a Bertie. <laughs> yeah, everyone's got their own little Bertie Worcester. <laughs> but he had he had everything, and uh, since lockdown started, he's been coming after me. Like I've, I've lost like a page of KOMs. And it's, it's all down to him. It's not just those emails every single day. Sarcastic bastards. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. exactly. Uh oh, my ass. <laughs> Sweet. Awesome. Wicked. Thank you very much for your time, Red. That's been really, really cool. Really insightful. I can't oh, wait yeah, to no, start my pro career. <laughs> I mean, if I'm honest, it's actually maybe want to get a road bike again. <laughs> I mean, oh, that, that says a lot because Seb hates road bikes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've, got, I've just got a bad, not bad experiences, but I've fallen out of love, that's all. You, you cr- uh, cross and trail riding is more your, more your bag, so. You still yeah. ride cross? Yeah, I ride, I ride cross. Uh, no, I did cross a couple of times on a mountain bike, which was fun, but I did terribly. Uh, to be fair, I do, I do occasional mountain bike rides, which is like, it's super fun. Um, but yeah, I, just, I don't know. I haven't given it as much time as I could have. Fair enough. All right. Well, enjoy the rest of your week, and uh, we'll let you know when we when Seb eventually uh, produces it. And should be. I'm actually be end end of this week. End of this week. Yeah. Cool. All right. So, wicked. Cool. Well, thanks very much, man, and we'll we'll uh, catch you later. Yeah. Cheers for doing it. Oh, speak to you. Cool. Cheers, dude. See you later. Cheers, mate. Bye. Bye. See ya. Oh, that was good. Yeah. Oh, let's stop oh, recording.